Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Caroline Stephen here, financial journalist. Our special guest on Talking Trading today is proprietary trader Richard Jackson, the founder and owner of Jackson Capital. Richard walks us through his trading journey from when he first started trading and he lost some of his girlfriend's money to when the markets really clicked for him a few years later and they became like seeing the matrix. Also an experienced EA writer, Richard gives his opinion on algorithmic trading, and Richard's one of the few people we've had on Talking Trading discussing the topic, and he talks about his 180-degree swing from writing algos to then believing that a human being can interpret the charts and the markets better than a machine. And Louise Bedford in Mind Power today explains why trading can be addictive and the concept of random reinforcement and how that affects a trader's psychology. I hope you enjoy. Let's talk about some of the more addictive parts about trading. I caught up with a person who tells me that they're scared to trade because they have an addictive personality. They're worried that once they start trading, that they might not be able to stop. There is a huge difference between gambling and trading the markets. I can explain some of the psychology to you and you can see if you are particularly prone to this way of thinking. One of the things that gets people addicted, if you like, is a thing called near-miss psychology. Think of Tats Lotto. If you got the majority of the numbers, you're going to feel that you were just one or two numbers off from winning that big grand prize. That is going to make you stick like glue and order that next Tats Lotto ticket. You see, you nearly got the prize. And trading is a little bit that way as well. If you see that trade that you could have taken, but you didn't, and you feel that it was within your bank balance, your capabilities, your scanning technique to be able to take that trade, that becomes all the more compelling. One of the other things is the random reinforcement effect. Now, if you get a privilege or a reward every time you do an action, then that is one level of, I guess, accomplishment of your goal where you know that the reward is coming. Weirdly, that's not all that addictive to people. We like the random reinforcement to encourage that level of addiction to really thrive. Once we have a reward for following our plan, and then the next time we don't get a reward for following our plan, that is incredibly compelling and makes us want to repeat that behavior again and again. 
And of course, if you get no reinforcement, no reward for doing a particular action, that action will soon become extinct, as they say. So to make a particular behavior become extinct, here's the hierarchy. No reinforcement, reinforcement at all times, and then random reinforcement. Random reinforcement is the most powerful way to make sure that a behavior sticks. Now, think about this in terms of your own trading plan. Be aware that that near-miss psychology and random reinforcement can inspire some level of addiction to the markets. The difficulty is, is if you're not aware of it, then you're more likely to be afflicted. Now that you know, though, look at your own behavior in relation to this psychology and see whether you are at risk. My guess is that you won't be at risk because you're listening to this podcast. I'll give you an example of a near miss for me. This is actually a near miss in terms of ignorance. I have something to admit to you here. I had no idea up until very recently how important it is to get reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcast as they call it now. You see, those reviews help other people find our show. So as long as you're telling your friends and family, sure, that is one level of attracting people to this show so that you can all trade together and you can all keep the money in your family and your friendship group. But another level of helping complete strangers find this show is for you to give us a big fat five-star review on Apple Podcast. So make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or Apple Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed, but also make sure you write a review. So give us the five-star review if you feel that it's worth it, if you feel like you're getting value, as well as writing a review for us, and we will really appreciate it. Okay, back to the show. Hi, I'm Janine Alice, founder of Boost Juice Bars and Shark on Shark Tank, and I listen to Talking Trading. Richard Jackson from Jackson Capital. Hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Thank you for having me. Tell us first off about your background and history in trading the markets. Well, I guess like uh, you know, when I started trading, um, I started in the uh, equity space. Before that, I did um, I didn't really come from a finance background, but more of an electrical engineering background. So RMIT was my where I uh, did my electrical engineering, and that gave me the ability to you know I did learn how to code computers and a little bit of computer science in there. So that's uh, and having that engineering uh, view of the market, you know, has helped me and I guess inhibited me a little bit as well. But I started off trading equities, and that was good, but it was a little bit too slow for me. I wanted something a little bit more exciting, I guess. So I moved over into the derivative space, uh, trading uh, futures on the, on the, through the uh, Chicago Board of Trade. You know, that started around about 2003. The, f- the fun part came in 2008, you know, experiencing limit downs, you know, on a few nights in a row and the massive volatility that came along with trading index futures uh, during that time was uh, very exciting. But then I moved over into, and I couldn't, you know, being a, a, an index futures trader in on the US session, you know, you've got to stay up all night, uh, especially with, you know, using 377 tick charts 
etc. So they kind of wore thin after a while. Then I moved over into the FX space. I did. I was touching FX quite a lot, but because it was you know traded 24 hours a day, I wasn't limited to the the session times of the U.S. stock market. Um, I could you know trade it 24 hours a day, and the liquidity was there. It was great liquidity, uh, enough volatility as well. Now, I guess I trade, you know, strictly uh, major currencies, uh, major indices and uh, some common commodities, gold, silver, oil, using CFDs on the uh, derivatives market. Okay, so so let's get to what you trade in a minute. I just want to make a comment that I have noticed from all my experience that engineers make very, very good traders. Yeah, I guess so. There's there's also engineers. Some engineers can be inhibited as well because we're working in an environment which is chaotic. It's stochastic in its in its form. So engineers need to be able to relax. That there's no certainty in in trading. Um, there's all the, the, because we're working in a, a probabilistic outcome. Uh, we have to work in the law of probability. So you know if you're a if you're a, a scientist of some sort and you you know um, quantum mechanics, quantum mechanics works in in the area of uncertainty and probability, and that really helped me a lot as well to you know release a lot of the idea of you know a certain outcome like physics is certain to move over into a mathematical environment where uh, probability is, is uh, more the key. Okay, let's talk about trading the derivative markets. What's mm-hmm. involved and how is it different to trading equities from the Richard Jackson point of view? Well, a lot of retail traders out there, I guess, trade equities for a long-term buy-hold type scenario, maybe looking for dividends. So, you know, you'll get guys out or, you know, retirees or or people looking for a longer-term uh, outcome where they collect their, their, their dividends for uh, income purposes. What we do with derivatives is because we, we don't actually hold the underlying asset at any one time, we are there just purely as speculators and we speculate on the market uh, prior moving up or down in either way the currency market is is good and there's no upward bias to the currency market so we can uh, easily go short as we as we can go long uh, but with derivatives we're usually in and out within you know the same day up to five to six days later uh, so we take a lot more trades and we take you know an idea that uh, over time that we will we will profit out of the market based on speculation only. I guess. So going back to the specific markets you trade, you mentioned gold, silver, oil. Talk us through that and what your style of trading is. Well, our style of trading is, you know, we've got a number of different strategies that we work with here uh, in our firm, uh, mainly uh, swing trading strategies. Uh, and also news release strategies, which we take uh, advantage of out of differentials between the uh, actual and consensus of a certain news releases. Uh, if they're big enough, then we'll take advantage of it. So commodities, you know, we will touch on the commodities if there is uh, fundamental news announcements which will give us a reason why we should get into it. Uh, things like changes in OPEC uh, supply demand, 
also with the US dollar, which is, you know, basically that's what you're trading when you're trading gold. Other indices that we'll touch on, uh, you know, the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones, uh, DAX in, in Europe and uh, FTSE. Okay, so I just want to make this as relevant to our listeners as possible because our mm-hmm. listeners trade. So tell us what are your three biggest lessons from trading? What have you learned? Well, I guess because we're active traders, you know, and we're not investors, my clients, when they come and invest with us, they invest in our ability to trade rather than the underlying assets or the or the derivatives that we trade. So they're, they're investing in us as people. And the biggest lessons that I guess I've learned is, you know, how to uh, have a strong psychology and, and correct behavioural misnomers in a trader. Uh, and that's what I do with a lot of guys that I train as well is, you know, 50% of how I train them is not the entry, the exit, uh, you know, the underlying fundamentals. It's their behaviour. Things like cutting your winners short, letting your losers run, moving your stop loss, lack of confidence, fear of getting in, what I call FOMO. Somebody may have heard of this acronym FOMO, fear of missing out, clicking off at anything. Uh, so having you know, a good record of what your, what your trading history has been like, um, having a mentor as well will typically fix a lot of those behavioural issues. So whenever I get a market wizard on the show, I always ask them what their best trading experience has been and what their worst is. Let me ask you that question. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I guess the best... I guess the the best trading experience is when you know the first five years when I started trading was terrible. You know, I started, I started, I borrowed thirty thousand dollars off my girlfriend and lost it all. You know, I wasn't I wasn't very popular, but uh, you know that really gave like I could either have done one of two things: give up, or go and do it properly. Right. Uh, so, you know, 30 books later after reading, you know, really great books from Carolyn Broden. Um, another one is Harmonic Trading by Scott Carney, Mastering the Trade, etc. You know, there's a, some really good books out there. Uh, Steve Nissen, Candlestick Charts. You know, I went, I went along and I went and learned properly. I also went and got a mentor to, you know, who was experienced at trading, who really gave me some of the nuances. And then it was just practice after that. So, how long I did guess, it take um, for you to become competent? Uh, five years, five years. But uh, you know, ever since once once it clicked, it clicked. It's like seeing the Matrix. You know, it all got together. I started being confident. I started being uh, disciplined at what I was doing, and then from then on in, it was all uphill. How would you recommend traders build their confidence? Get a mentor. Get somebody. Get somebody who has done it in the past to um, to teach you the lessons that will take you probably two or three years to learn yourself. Because if you get a mentor, instead of you sitting in your house or in your bedroom or whatever it is, meandering all over the place, making all these mistakes, changing the, your strategy every five seconds, all those sorts of things, a mentor will keep you on track, okay? Make sure that you don't deviate from what you're supposed to be doing. And that's probably the best thing that, that I could probably recommend to anybody out there. So, Richard, that was your worst trading mistake. What's been your best trading okay. experience? Uh, limit down on the S&P 500 in 2008. 
<laughs> when you're already short and the uh, and the S&P 500 opens up limit down three days in a row, uh, that was the uh, that's an easy day. Realistic returns people can expect from trading derivatives. Well, that's right. Well, the thing is, because derivatives are outflying gains, people think they can they can make a hundred percent in three four months out of their trading. In doing that, you take so much risk because risk and reward is a balancing scale. If you take a lot of risk, then you have to accept a lot of a lot of sorry. I'll say that around the other way. If you want a high reward, you have to take a high amount of risk. One does not come out come without the other. You know, I've had clients come to me, I want all the upside, but I don't want to take any risk, right? It just does not work like that. So um, the realistic returns that you can get, you know, our firm, you know, looks to, it looks to return uh, 20 to 40% in a year. So, you know, if you're looking at it, but you've got to be good. Okay, um, but you've got to also expect that if you want 20 to 40 percent in a year, that you're going to risk 20 to 40 percent on the downside as well. So, you know, you've got to really make a decision of whether that that's the right type of style for you, because all derivative trading is a high growth, high risk type of type of product that you need to get into. Let's go if to, you want to get into it. Let's go to algo trading. What's your opinion yep. on it? Well, algo trading, you know, it was very popular. It, it seemed like an easy solution for a lot of retail tra- traders out there. MetaTrader 4 uh, uh, has a, you know, MQL4, which you can um, uh, code into the computer. You can also get other people to write, a, write code for you. The mistake a lot of retail traders make as well is that they go onto the internet, find a, an expert advisor that will, you know, that looks all pretty and nice and, and glorious and all those sorts of things, but they don't actually know how it works, okay? Um, my opinion of algo trading is that, you know, in my, in my past, I've written over 800 EAs in the past, um, but, you know, they all have their day in the sun. Right, it's very easy to curve fit um, an EA to historical data, uh, but it's very difficult to be able to predict the future as well. A lot of people get their get um, historical backtesting incorrect uh, by not understanding the limitations of historical backtesting. So, algos have a place if you're running arbitrage, latency, or, or triangular arbitrage of some sort. It does have a place, but that's obviously high risk. And you do need to be a computer scientist to be able to get the low latency out of the um, out of the uh, computer setup. But for the retail trader stuck all the way over here in down under Australia, especially Melbourne, we're probably the furthest away from anywhere in the world, uh, that it's not really viable for anybody to run an EA or latency EA uh, on their their computers. Even if you've got, you know, VPSs in LD4 or NY4, you know, there's still a certain number of um, node points that you need to go through to that will limit the speed of the execution. So, yeah, well, later, late, latency arbitrage is probably not something that anybody I recommend anybody to get into unless you've got, you know, PhD uh, computer scientists around you. Um, but, you know, I've swung, you know, probably a full 180 from being writing algos in the past, but to now really, uh, you know, enjoying, you know, the guys who work for me because the human being can re- interpret a market or interpret a, a chart 
uh, with a lot of different layers than that can be written into a syntax of MQL4 or any other syntax uh, of C-sharp or whatever it is that you're using. Richard, tell, because, us, yep. tell us briefly what's unique about Jackson Capital. Okay. Um, I guess Jackson Capital is... Uh, we are uh, two parts. Uh, mostly, uh, we are a proprietary trading firm uh, through Lepus Proprietary Trading, and we're also an agency side, so we also get uh, client money in through Jackson Capital. We educate people coming through to be traders. One per- the top 1% of traders that come through uh, end up trading our capital for us under, under my management. And where can people go to find out more about Jackson Capital? Well, I'd say if anybody wants to have a look, go to jacksoncapital.asia or have a look at lepuspropriatorytrading.com.au. Richard, thank you for your time today. All right, thank you. And that's it for this week's episode of Talking Trading. Thanks to Louise Bedford and Chris Tate, who fund and sponsor this show. And as always, if you like this show, tell a friend. This is super important because word of mouth is always the most powerful way people can get in touch with us. Next week on the show, we hear from property expert Michael Griffiths. So until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.